Welcome to the Pad the Stats podcast, your destination for everything fantasy football and where fantasy title hopes come true. And now your host, James Swanson. All right, taking a short break from the second uh, quarterback podcast to get a rapid reaction podcast out, Pat Cotter. Um, this is this is timely. We need to kind of get this out of the way because the NFL draft just happened over the weekend. And uh, while there's a lot to unpack in terms of um, where a lot of these guys went. So we're going to focus on this uh, kind of in a round-by-round fashion. We're going to go, you know, first round, we'll talk running back receiver. Second round, talk running back receiver. Talk about a lot of pertinent the, the guys. And I want to get a sense, Pat, of, you know, both get, get both of our takes on what were some good landing spots, what were some bad landing spots, how did these guys move initially, you know, are, are we lower on them now, are we higher on them now, what is the outlook with the depth chart with some of these players, so um, there, there's quite a bit to talk about, man, so um, initial thoughts, I guess, just, just kind of overview, how did you think the draft went over the weekend? You know, I don't think... I mean, I don't know if the landscape has changed this much after a draft in, like, recent memory. You know, there's a lot of really good prospects that were going, and some that really just shook up the entire, like, offensive a team. Like, you have a guy like uh, Jonathan Taylor going and to the Colts, and now Marlon Mack, what is, what's his full long, like, long-term future? What's a guy like Daryl Henderson's long-term future going to be? Uh, I mean... You had, then you had some of the like the top wide receivers that we really liked, guys like Judy, guys like Lamb, kind of not fall into like our or wide receiver one type right away category. You know, like their teams, they're kind of the second fiddle right now. Not to mean they can't have like a good season, but you know, they're not they don't they're not the lead dog right now. So that's kind of brings them back a little bit. And then guys like Rager and Jefferson go to really nice situations. So it was wild. Yeah, um, it was. It, it, you make some good points. There's uh, about guys who go to a spot where now you got to think about the veteran on that team and what happens to him. The Colts is a really good example. Marlon Mack, who really over the last two years now, starting in twenty what eighteen, kind of midway through there, started to really break out. Um, and now it's like, well, what do you do with him? How do, how do you treat a guy like that? You know, what are the Colts going to do with him? How are they going to use him? There's a lot to think about in that sense. So why don't we start with the first round, and how about we do it this way? Let's start right at the top with the top two wide receivers, CeeDee Lamb and Jerry Judy, the two guys that we thought were the top two receivers in this draft class. You and I both consensus-wise had CeeDee Lamb as the number one and Jerry Judy as the number two. What are your thoughts on their two landing spots? Uh, Lamb goes to the Cowboys at 17 overall, and Jerry Judy to the to the Broncos at 15 overall. I mean, they're good landing spots. They're good landing spots. They could have easily went to two worse spots, and they're places where I mean, at least the quarterback situation looks good in both of them. You know, Denver maybe a little bit less. You don't we we like Locke, but not quite sure what he's going to be yet. Um, Prescott's very established, and at least a good quarterback. I know me and you aren't his biggest fans, but He's established and he, he's competent at least, and they've got a lot of weapons around him. So I think both these guys step into situations where they could easily produce very well. Do they have the top end talent? It's capped a little bit. Still going to be elite guys. Like I am not dropping them from my top two spots. Okay, but a little bit less excited after a little the less excited. Spots. But I mean, I don't want to let these these positions 
jade me too much. CeeDee Lamb could easily outproduce Amari Cooper. If you told me right now at the end of the year that CeeDee Lamb was a wide receiver one in Dallas, wouldn't be surprised at all. Would not be surprised at all. So don't think that the, these guys can't out outperform the guys that are already on that team. Okay. Um, yeah, I would agree. I, I, I would say that Amari Cooper is still probably number one as of yeah, today. No doubt. We, everybody's going to think that way. Um, CD Lamb has a chance, though, to, to come in to make an impact on a good team. A good, a good offense should be a good offense. They still have a good line. They still have Zeke. Dak, like we said, is it, it, he is what he is. No, he's so okay. he's okay. He's all right. Um, yeah, Jerry Judy, I mean, to the Broncos. That's something that we talked about is how much how many weapons they they got for ridiculous. Drew Lock. It's it's awesome. I love it because I'm the Drew Lock owner. Uh, so we'll talk about KJ Hamler a little bit in the next round. But yeah, I mean, even Jerry Judy going there with Cortland Sutton, who's already established, really kind of broke out last year. I think Jerry Judy complements him really well. Yeah, I mean, this could just be a uh, a rising tide lifts all ships situation where this offense could be very explosive this year. Like you know, you got Melvin Gordon there. You got Philip Lindsay. You uh, you have Font now. Albert O. You have Hamler, Judy, Sutton. Yeah, you know, yeah, there's a lot to get excited about. And, um, and then you got Munchak on the line, so you know it's going to get better. It, it, this team could be a breakout. I, I can bet you a lot of uh, like a lot of money that this is going to be one of the favorite offenses going into the the uh, fantasy. Year. I mean, I already said I'm kind of a low key Broncos fan this year. Like. I'm excited about this team. I yeah, mean, what I don't they blame could you. Be. So I think, I, yeah, I think you should be excited about um, about really those two picks overall. And the Broncos' landing spot for Judy, I think, is a good one. Um, now let's move through the the first round a little bit, sticking with the wide receivers. Henry Ruggs goes 12th overall to the Raiders. I think this was a bit of a surprise because we expected Judy or Lamb to be the first receiver off the board. I think we expected Lamb specifically to be that first guy. Um, If you would have asked me going into it, I would have said there's probably about an 80% chance or so that CeeDee Lamb's the first receiver off the board. So a little bit surprised that, that Ruggs goes here. Pat, and also, what are your thoughts on the landing spot in, in uh, Las Vegas? I mean, I was, I was, I was surprised. I wouldn't say I was very surprised. I had heard rumblings that Rugs might be the first wide receiver off the board um, going into toward like towards the draft. So, I, I can't say I saw it coming. I guess I but, saw mocks uh, too but I, him as but the I, first. Uh, but I, I well, thought Lamb would be. Now, I didn't like the landing spot initially. You know, I thought Rugs would be best served as a high, really high upside. Got another guy, like second guy in the offense. You know, if like he went Denver? to Denver, like if he went to Denver, <laughs> yeah, it would have been. That's where I would have loved. Or like him at. Philly, but Philly too. I mean, a little bit less Philly, but um, but you know, the Raiders ended up drafting complimentary pieces that I think really help fill that offense out around him. Now, if he ends up like say, you know, Brian Edwards, who we'll talk about later, Lynn Bowden, who we'll talk about later, you know, if say they they bust and then. Ruggs ends up being the only other guy. Maybe we'll see some trouble, but he has more upside. I don't. I, again, another guy that I was down on initially, but have since kind of regained my confidence in him. I think he could, you know, still be a really good uh, fantasy wide receiver going forward. All right, Justin Jefferson to the Vikings at twenty-two. We had Jalen Ragor to the Eagles at twenty-one, which surprised me a little bit. Oh no doubt. Um, 
out of those two, which would you rather have in a in a? How about we throw in? I think Brandon Ayuk is actually I know for a fact he's going to be third on this list out of those three for you at twenty five to the Niners. But why don't we throw him in since he was the other first round receiver? So Brandon Ayuk twenty five to the Niners, Rager twenty one to the Eagles, and Jefferson twenty two to the uh, Vikings. Um, out of you know those landing spots, and we we talk about our fan our dynasty draft coming up. Um, how would you rank those three? Uh, I mean, to me, I go back and, and where forth. would you like to take them? I guess I go back and forth between Rager and and Jefferson. You know, I, I it's That's no, a tough one. it's been no, it's been no, uh, like you know, uh, Rager's been one of the dudes I've liked since I started watching him. Um, but Jefferson, he's an elite talent, and he's going to a good offense to replace a guy who we, you know, we've seen Minnesota have two fantasy relevant wide receivers for a long time now so there's really no question whether that they like you know if they can do that it's just a matter of can jefferson step in and be that guy and i think he can rager might have a little bit more upside but he certainly has more downside so you know like i i really like jefferson i think he's going to be great you know rager has that opportunity to be that wide receiver one that dominant kind of go-to guy um, so, you know, it, again, I go back and forth every time if I'm getting one of these guys at the end of the first round, I am ecstatic. Like, yeah, I, it's, that's a tough one too. And Jefferson was the higher ranked receiver on my board. So I'm going to yeah, keep agree. it that Same way here. for now. Uh, but yeah, I mean, once Alshon Jeffrey's gone, Jalen Rego was the guy there, right? I mean, if Alshon Jeffrey is like even healthy this year, like he might he not, might, yeah, he might he not might be, still be the guy. Yeah. Now, I mean, they, they have a good tight end duo who's still going to be there even when Zach Ertz for is sure, gone I sure. think that um what's his fate uh, another yeah, I, another winner <laughs> yeah uh um duh, who is it <laughs> blanket uh, well anyway keep anyway. going and then I'll you know another uh like a big winner here is Miles Sanders I don't think they drafted a running back I think they brought in my I think they brought in um uh, Michael Warren as an undrafted free agent but you know, the fact that Miles Sanders came, made it out of the draft and nobody was drafted to even be a, like a, you know, a backup or another committee guy for him, I think that's a big win for him. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm still, this is still really bothering me. Dallas Goddard. Yeah. I couldn't think of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Dallas Goddard. So, yeah, I mean, they, they, they have weapons there. I think they were just looking for another receiver, and they went out and they got one uh, with Jalen Ragor, and I like it. So he's going to move up my His attitude fits Philly, too. Yeah, and, you know, when I – my pre-draft rankings, I had him behind a few guys that I'm going to – that I am certainly going to move up. Um, I could see him even even kind of getting into that top five for me um, at receiver, top five or top yeah, six. Yeah, I think he's right there. Um you know, for example, I'm going to take him over LaVisca Chenault now, who no I doubt, had at no six, doubt. to the, and he's going to the Jags. We'll talk about him in a second. Um, I had, you know, I like KJ Hamler. You know, I'm a Hamler fan, but I had him one slot ahead of Regor. No way now, uh, just because, you know, I, I think Hamler fits nicely. He's going to look really mean in he's a Broncos He's great jersey, for that offense. Um, and he's going to be dynamic, but... What kind of use is he, is he going to get? He's going to be more useful to the team than he is in fantasy. One Probably, of guys, at right? least early on. I'd say the first few years. You know, maybe he breaks out at some point and it, crazier things have happened. But, um, but yeah, so really uh, an interesting um, back half of that first round when we talk about the wide receivers and kind of how that fell. Um, why don't we stick in the first round? 
And do we want to stick in the first round and talk about the running backs, or do you just want to get through the rest of the receivers? How would you rather do this? Um, well, we got to talk about Ayuk yet. You know, I'll let you tell, say oh, how, okay. uh, well, I mean, how you feel about Ayuk going to yeah, San Francisco. with and, Debo there and stuff. I mean, I still think, you know, Marquise Goodwin is now um, in Philly, so they mm-hmm. made that trade later in the draft on day three. Um, so Brandon Ayuk goes there with Debo. You know, Kittle is obviously, I, I think, the number one option in that offense. Um, they still have a good stable of running backs. But in terms of the receiver core, I mean, Dante Pettis is, has not panned out. That is very clear. His 2019 was very, you're sitting there shaking your head because yeah, we, made me sad. You, you had a lot of hope for him. Um, and I, I thought he would be decent too, but it just didn't, there's no reason that you can trust Dante Pettis at this point. Um, you know, guy could have a rebound. You never know. But to this point, there's no reason to trust it. So they, I think they needed to go out and get somebody. Um, and look, there were some things that Brandon Ayuk did. I think he has talent. Yeah, I, I always said I thought he was a pretty shifty guy, um, somebody who could do a lot of things on the field in terms of the return games, really mm-hmm. good punt returner, can can return kicks as well. Now, I know they have Richie James Jr., but um, he can do a lot of things. And in the screen game, um, I think he fits that offense really well. I think that is – was that what you were about to say? Yeah, I was about, I was about to say. You know, I think they are showing their hand here on the kind of guys they want. Those guys that, you know, get the ball in their hand real quick and then let them be dangerous in the field. You know, we've seen Kittle do that. We've seen Debo do that. And I think that's what they're looking for in Ayuk. He's not the same as Debo. He's much more of a shifty guy and a kind of a, a, a more of a speed guy. But he definitely is dangerous when he gets the ball in his hand. So I think it's one of those things they're looking for somebody to, you know, drop low, three-step drop, fire it out, get it in somebody's hands, and let's get the, move, the ball moving type of thing. Well, why don't we do this? Since we are kind of – we have some momentum going here with the receivers, let's just continue on to the second round because like the it. second round is really, really interesting. And I think while we're on the conversation of Brandon Ayuk, um, for me at least, there's nobody in that first round that I would slot him over. Um, even though I'm not a huge – I look at Henry Ruggs at 12 and I'm like – Part of, part of me wants to be bold and, and move him down a good bit, but I, I just, I, I don't know. I, I can't move him, move him down that far. Um, and, and by the way, we have not finalized our post-draft rankings by any means at this point. That That's something that we're going to continue to build on. We don't want to show our hand for our dynasty draft on May 13th either, so that's part of the reason you won't, you won't hear about our rankings until after that. Um, but we just want to get this out and talk through a lot of these guys and and um, hopefully give you some good insight on If anybody needs rankings though for your upcoming dynasty drafts or something just you know DM us and we'll and we'd be happy to show oh, what we got with yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Except for just league mates. Yeah, just don't. If you're a burner account then you know then uh we're going to have some trouble. Yeah, just don't at any of our league mates. That's yeah. all we ask. Um so uh Brandon Ayuk, um let's look at him stacked up against some of the second round receivers. So uh, you know Denzel Mims goes second round 59 overall to the Jets. T. Higgins, the first pick of the second round to the Bengals. Chenault to the Jags at 42. Um, Hamler to the Broncos at 46. Michael Pittman, 34 to the Colts. There's a lot to unpack here. Van Jefferson at 57 to the Rams. Um, And and then our guy who the Steelers got and Claypool, Claypool, Chase Claypool at 49 to the, to Pittsburgh. Um, that, those are a lot of guys that kind of threw at you, Pat. But how does Ayuk stack up against some of those some of those receivers? I mean, I've got 
uh, at least three guys, three of those guys above him. You know, I'm still going for Pittman. I'm still going for Higgins. I'm still going for Mims. I might even take Brian Edwards above him. You know, Chenault's another guy I'd consider taking above him. I think Chenault and Ayuk are really close at this point. Yeah, they're right there in the same tier for me, I think. So, um, Ayuk, again, he's not a guy that I particularly loved beforehand. I think he could be okay. I don't ever see him being that number one guy, though. That's fair. I think Debo is the guy there, and and Ayuk is probably going to take a backseat to him. Um, If he's even any good. Yeah, so... All right, so T. Higgins, we had in our pre-draft rankings, we had T. Higgins at six, number six overall. Um, I mean, you got to be loving the fact that that they go out and they get Joe Burrow a, a big weapon right away. Yeah, I mean, you, you got to be a happy man as T. Higgins. You go from one of the best quarterback coming out next year to the best quarterback coming out this year. Um, he, you know, staying with the, the young studs, I guess. Um, but, you know, he's going to slot in there, uh, you know, as their number two, three guy, I mean, they still have they still have um, Boyd, who is a competent, you know, slot receiver, mm-hmm. and AJ Green, and when he's healthy, he has shown when he would again two years ago that he was still very, very effective, and I, I don't think he's lost everything. Hopefully, he can he can still do some things, but it's gonna be it's gonna you it's gonna be interesting to see if. A.J. Green can return to form, or if Higgins is going to have to kind of take over that A.J. Green role. Right now, as we sit here today, I would almost bank on the latter because two seasons in a row now where A.J. Yeah, Green I mean, has you got to just kind of hardly at all. Thank anything you get from him. Um, yeah, be thankful about exactly. anything you get from him. So, yeah, I mean, I, I like this long term, especially for Joe Burrow. I think this is a good pick, and I think he's probably going to stay right about where I kind of had him in my pre-draft. Yeah, I think, I mean, he's right among those big guys, you know, for me. I think they kind of just all clumped together pre-draft, and uh, they're staying right next to each other post-draft. So One of the more interesting, interesting picks is Chenault to the Jags. I just don't know how they're going to use him. Yeah, and that was our biggest worry pre-draft was saying, hey, is he going to go to an offense that we think of as creative and that can maximize his talents? Or is he going to go to a tr- more traditional offense that's going to say, hey, you know, we're mostly going to be using you as a wide receiver, maybe some screens, but, you know, you're 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 going to have to learn the route tree. And that's going to take him a little while. So he's a very high upside pick with like a ridiculous, like, you know, floor because he's injury prone. You know, he's not very polished. He's a playmaker, but, you know, again, in uh, for the Jags, are we sure that's even a good, like, you know, a good situation right now? I mean, it, I think... It's hard to say. Uh, you know, I think Minshew's a boss, and he's going to be Superman one of these days, but is it going to be next year? I don't know. Well, I saw something that their win-loss, the Ve- is, I don't know if they have... Um, I'm sure they have the over-under on win-losses, something of, for next year already, but I think the Jags were last. I think they had the lowest... surprise win, me. The lowest win-loss... Uh, over under total so you know could they be getting trevor lawrence next year potentially potentially, potentially could they be getting yeah. justin fields um they'll be up there they'll could, be up that, there. that could be something to think about that could be something to think about is, is how are the jags going to fare next season and are they going to be in play for one of those top quarterbacks in 2021 and if they are lavisca chenault's uh, yeah, value at get, that point yeah, is going to go way way, way up, up. So uh, that might be something to, you know, think about the long game in this one a little yeah. bit, too. I, I know just, that's not... Don't write them off. Don't write them off. Exactly. I know that's not an easy thing to say. You, 
you know, to take a gamble like that, but that could be something that uh, could be in the cards for the for uh, the Jags next year. Um, all right, let's continue to move through round two. Most disappointing pick was that Denzel Mims to the Jets at fifty nine. Yeah, I don't that made love me it. Really sad, you know. I mean, I just see the Jets as somewhere that you know, really just yeah, that going to Gase is just an area where careers go to die. He just kind of sucks the life out of him. Even saw him during the draft. He just like his kid got all excited. They were on TV, and and he just kind of looked at him with cold eyes <laughs> and didn't say a word. And I'm like, okay, man. So you know, I it, it hurts me, man. Like I want I want to see Mim succeed, and I'm just gonna hope that he can succeed despite Gase and Darnold trying to rip him down. But it's gonna be a hard battle for him, I think. Uh, so previously, we had Denzel Mims consensus number four. Uh, Ruggs was fifth, so we're taking Ruggs over him now. Yep. T. Higgins was sixth, so we're taking Higgins over him now. Yep. Chenault was seven, are we taking Chenault over him now? Depends on the team, I For think. me, yes. Uh, Regor, eight, we're taking him over him we're now. Definitely taking Regor over him now. How about Brian Edwards? I think this I is an see interesting it. one. I could see it. I think that's about where it stops for me. Well, I shouldn't say that because we still need to to look at Chase Claypool. That's going to be a big one that we need to take a look at and break down the film on him because him going second round, 49 overall. I know us as Steeler fans, we were a little bit unsure about the pick. We know everything this guy brings to the table from a physical standpoint. He's big. He looks like a tight end, but he runs like Vernon Davis. I mean, he's a freak. Um, I don't know what kind of football player he is top to bottom or what he's going to bring to to the team, uh, but I mean, I love... I I love all the physical measurements that you get from you know from Claypool. Uh, I think it's going to be really interesting, Pat, to see where we slot him in with all these other guys. Yeah, that's 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 for sure. I have him kind of right now sitting <coughs> one spot out of my you know main like kind of in set in stone ranks or you know very very close to. So he's kind of just kind of hanging out, waiting to see where I'm going to slot him. And you know he could move down. I mean. It's a crowded situation in Pittsburgh, and is he going to beat out James Washington? Is he going to beat out Deontay Johnson? Is he going to beat out Juju? Is he going to play those snaps that Vance McDonald or Eric Ebron, Ebron were supposed to? So, you know, it's 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 a loaded it's a loaded uh, offense. So, you know, unless he comes and takes takes workload for himself, it's not just going to come to him. Okay, so TBD on Chase Claybull. We'll get we'll get back to that one. Um... All right, what else from round two? K.J. Hamler to the Broncos at 46. We talked about this a little bit already. Um, this is just, there's a lot in this offense, and we, we think K.J. has a very specific, um, you know, skill set that I think is going to bode well for the NFL game. I think he's going to be able to win in certain ways, that explosion, that those quicks, the agility, the, the straight line speed. I think he's going to do well. Uh, but in terms of volume, it's it's hard to really... It's I mean, going to be tough for him to create a path with everything going on there I, in Denver. I think he's going to be a situational guy for the most part. I mean, he'll come on, you know, whenever they go into three wide receiver sets um, in the slot, most likely. Uh, well, I would say that this probably – I would be shocked if he did not beat out Deshaun Hamilton. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know how you keep to. that speed off the field to. personally. but I think he'll play a lot of special teams, you know, especially as a returner. You know, so he'll be used a lot in that capacity. I mean, that's I don't know why you draft him and not use him there, especially when you have as much receiver depth as they seem to now. 
Um, but I, I think he's going to be. I think he's going to be useful. A guy to stash. I think. Um, third round, you know, something like that. Yeah, I I would agree with you there. Third round probably makes the most sense for him. Um, okay, so uh, Van Jefferson. Went, Van Jefferson. Yeah. Sorry, I'm I'm looking at the list. There's just so much to talk about here in round two. Um, that's a good one. Van Jefferson, Pat, we were very surprised that he went in round two, 57 overall to the, uh, the Los Angeles Rams. Yeah. I mean, we were, when we looked at him, we thought he was a seven, six, seventh round guy, you know, undrafted potentially good route runner, but no, ex- nothing yeah. explosive on tape. That never we really, really had much production. This was a, this was, I still don't know how I feel about this. I thought I liked Van Jefferson. I obviously don't like him as much as the Rams do. Um, so that's to be determined. And like, you know, you still got Cooper Cup there. You still got um you still got uh what's his name? Um I, I, I don't know. Who are you talking about? The other other main receiver. Oh, the other guy you like. Yeah. Um I oh, know. Uh you always do this. <laughs> uh, um I'll have to, I'll, the, the Ram the Rams receivers. Robert Woods. Yeah, you Robert have Josh Woods. Reynolds. Robert Woods. Is okay. Okay. Yeah. So there, I mean, and you like Josh Reynolds there. too. Yeah. There's a lot of guys there still, you know, to really that he's got to contend with, and I, I just don't see him beating those guys out right, right off the bat. I think he can have a contributing role, but I mean, unless they have a lot of they, unless they really see a lot that in him that I don't that I you know that I haven't yet, it's going to be hard for him to really carve out a huge role. All right. Let's look at round three now. So. Um, I'm just making sure. I think I covered all the guys in round two. So round three is is another interesting round of wide receivers. I mean, Antonio Gibson to the Redskins, who we need to take a look at as well out of Memphis. Lynn Bowden, who we just took a short look. He went round three, number 80 overall, 80 overall to the Raiders. And uh, wow, what what a dynamic athlete he is. Kind of a little bit of Terrell Pryor in his game. Yeah, um, he's just using get the ball in his hands. You can do so many different things with him. Uh, you know, punt returns. Um, line him up in the Wildcat. You can throw it to him. Uh, you can run it with him. I mean, you can do a lot of things with him. So he's going to be another interesting one that we need to sit down and do some more in depth scouting on. But uh, I'm I'm very very interested in that Lynn, Lynn Bowden. I think it's Lynn. They're pronouncing it Bowden. I think it's Lynn Bowden. Um, where we slot him out when this is all said and done amongst the wide receivers because he's a true athlete on the field. Uh, the other guys that, that, you know, Brian Edwards is very interesting. Anybody in that round two, Pat, that you would rather have Brian Edwards over? Um, we talked about Mims, Higgins, probably not. Chenault? Chenault. Would think, you think about I'd, that I'd one? i think about that one. And Hamler, too. I'd think about, yeah, I'd Hamler, Van Jefferson, Claypool. You'd yeah. take Brian Edwards over Van Jefferson if, sitting here today for drafting. Yeah. Okay, even with the the first round addition of Henry Ruggs, like you think, do you think Brian Edwards might fit this offense better than Ruggs? Uh, maybe not exactly be better now. I just, stretch. I just like, I like the talent. I think he could easily be, you know, their, you know, their big, their big go go, go up and get a guy, and he's he's good at making like you know creating yards after the catch as well with you know his kind of power. He'll run over guys. Um, and he's got a huge catch radius. So I think he's got like I think he really has the potential to blow up in this offense, especially with the rugs on the other side, kind of getting more pressure swayed his way. Okay. Um let's look on to round four. There were uh really quickly there was so there we had Edwards, um, we had Chase or we had Antonio Gibson and Lynn Bowden in round three. Oh, I'm sorry, Devin Duvernay. That was the four. I knew there were four. 
Uh, Devin DuVernay is the other one out of Texas. You took a look at him. I have not really taken a look at him yet. Extremely productive out of Texas. He goes to the Ravens third round, 92nd overall. Um, I think this could be a sneaky one. Yeah, I mean, he kind of broke out late. He really didn't have much production until this year when uh, another guy who got drafted this year, Colin Johnson, um, got injured. Uh, but he's very fast. You know, he's super fast, kind of fitting this Baltimore um, scheme. You know, the kind of just a lot of speed, speed for days, does very well with the ball in his hands. Um, he's got reliable hands, so I think it's a good landing spot. You know, who knows if Miles Boykin's going to turn into anything and who else do they have? Willie Sneed? You know, so... He's got he's got a chance to produce, no doubt. Um, okay, let's talk about some of the guys in the later rounds, four and beyond, who maybe might who you think might have a chance to make the most impact. So Gabriel Davis uh, out of, goes to the Bills in the fourth round at one twenty eight overall. Joe Reed to the Chargers, fifth round one fifty one overall. Colin Johnson Jags, who you just mentioned, uh, he, he's in the fifth round as well at one sixty five. Um, Antonio Gandy Golden to the Redskins. Quintez Cephas to the Lions in the fifth. Um, Tyler Johnson to the Bucks in the fifth. Out of those guys, Pat, anybody there that really sticks out for you? I know we've talked about Cephas and Johnson a good bit already. Yeah, I mean, a guy like Golden, he uh, he has he has a chance. You know, I think there's not all that much in front of him that you'd expect to really prevent him from what getting What about your boy field? Kelvin Harmon? I mean, Kelvin Harmon's there, but he's no sure thing. He... I mean, I could see Gandy Golden beating him out. I don't think he will, but I mean, they did take Gandy Golden ahead before. Where yeah, they, they took him before. Drafted, the, yeah, uh, you know I, him last you know, year. Um, your dude Terry McLaurin is still is safe, but that number that number two receiver spot in Washington is definitely still up in the air. And who knows, Gandy Golden may come, and, may go and take it. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with him. I think Tyler Johnson is a name to keep an eye on. They could use him, you know, out of the slot. And he has been, he, you know, he could be a guy that coming later on in the season, all of a sudden he comes out, has two touchdown game and wins with a, with a last second overtime catch or something and bursts onto the scene just because he has a knack for making plays. So uh, I think he could, he's got to keep a tabs on. Um. Oh, I'm sorry. We need to go back. Okay, I I like that. I like the Tyler Johnson one because of of the the fact that you know yeah playing with Brady. We talked you know. about that too. Is is he just kind of has a knack for making plays? I'm really interested to see what Quintez Cephas does with the Lions because look, I I still think that they have some good weapons there. You know, they add DeAndre Swift, carry on. You still have um uh got. Uh, Galladay, yep, Galladay. Uh, you still have Marvin Jones. Yeah, Marvin Jones is in the last year of his Marvin deal, Jones I think. Marvin Jones is in the last year of his deal, so this is a chance for, for Cephas, a guy who did not run a good 40, but like we saw in film, is very physical. I thought he played a little bit faster than what he ran at the Combine. And overall, I think this guy's a really good receiver. Um, I think he has a chance to make some noise. So that would be kind of be my one of my later round guys that I think could make a splash. What I was about to say was we did not talk about Michael Pittman to the Colts in the second round either. Sorry, oh, I missed yeah, that one. Yeah. Um, That's a big one. What are your thoughts on the landing spot there? They added um, the kid from Ohio State last year. Uh, you know, they still... Paris Campbell. They, yeah, Paris Campbell. They added... Uh, obviously, they still have T.Y. Hilton. Um, what are your thoughts? And now they bring in Jonathan Taylor. So you have Philip Rivers coming in this year. I mean, that's a good trio. They draft Jacob Eason. Like you think Paris Campbell in the slot. You got Pittman, who is a very effective outside receiver, is a big guy. You got T.Y., who still, you know, when healthy, is an effective number one receiver. 
I think Pittman can work that, you know, kind of possession role he worked at USC. And, I mean, he could be Keenan Allen for Phillip Rivers. If you honestly, out of a lot of these guys I'm looking at, and there are guys that, that I think could be candidates for this too, but I think my pick might be Michael Pittman Jr. for a guy who could be the top three receiver that ends up in this yeah, class. Yeah, I agree. I, I The more I look at that spot, you know, you you were talking whenever, I whenever that initial. I would be very happy to pick him 2-7 where I'm picking him yeah. in a second. I'd, be, I'd love to get Michael yeah, Pittman there. I don't think that's a bad pick because, I mean, Ray, I remember whenever you we he first got drafted, you were kind of like, oh, man, like, I don't know how I like that spot. You know, Phillip Rivers probably only there for a year. Then he's got to get a new quarterback. But, you know, I think for this year, Pittman could be very effective, like I said, as a Keenan Allen type role um, in that offense. Um, but afterwards, you know, maybe he even gets an upgrade. What happens if they they're bad and then you get you get a uh, Trevor Lawrence coming in or you get. Or you get field. You know, they could easily end up being that second team that takes a, uh, a quarterback or the third team and get a guy we like. You know, what? who knows what will happen next year. So um, it is a little bit of a question mark going forward, but I don't want to degrade the talent like I did A.J. Brown last year. All right. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, yeah, there, there are just so much talent at the wide receiver position this year. Oh, such a fun group just to, just to talk through. Like, if, you, if you're in a super flex league, I'm not mad with any of the picks in the top 12. Like, legitimately, every single pick in the first round this year, you should be excited about. There's not a there's not a bad guy in the bunch. And maybe you're not going to get a fit for your team if you're one of those last teams taking, but you're going to get a, a guy who has potential to be, in, uh, you know, a wide receiver one, a QB one, a running back one for years to come. Absolutely. And there is just, again, just so much depth at this wide receiver position, something that we'll be talking about leading up to the season. And I think for quite a long time, um, very, very not. I was going to say surprise. I'm very happy with this 2020 receiver class as a whole, let alone those guys that we didn't ever really think about. Like pro, what if pro becomes like a ridiculously good wide yeah, receiver? I mean, like, or those undrafted guys that, you know, that we Barely even do like Isaiah Coulter all of a sudden becomes some ridiculous wide receiver down the line just coming yeah. out of nowhere. Like those there'll be those guys too. So it's it has the potential of being historic wide receiver year, I think. For sure. Um all right, let's talk about the running backs now. And we'll start in round one. Um the only running back in round one, and that's Clyde Edwards Lair. Pat, were you surprised? This is just fantastic that he goes to the Chiefs in an offense where you know, everybody who follows football has probably heard about this now, but, you know, somebody had said, hey, um, what is their GM or somebody that said, you know, uh, something about a comparison to Brian Westbrook and Andy Reid said, well, he's, I think he's better than Andy Westbrook. Yeah, Brian, I mean. He thinks he's better than Brian Westbrook. And, he, and Brian Westbrook obviously had a great career with Philadelphia under Andy Reid. I think this is a great landing spot. Um, maybe the best landing spot. We 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 always talked about whoever goes to the Chiefs, the running back who goes there is going to be our darling number one, probably. Yeah, and uh, I mean, high Hilaire, this was his best fit. It was the Chiefs' best fit as well. You know, I think they were looking for a guy who's going to be able to, I mean, almost do stuff like Le'Veon did, you know, like catch balls out of the backfield with regularity, work through a lot of those kind of ga- like zone scheme they run, you know, and... Uh, and uh, maybe even use him like out of the like, you know, split him out on, on plays because he is a very advanced route runner. I would not be surprised if even year one they're they're working him out 
you know, out of the backfield and splitting them out on plays or, you know, getting them into motion, going, setting them out there. So, I mean, it was a dream landing spot. You take him 101 in a non-super flex, I really can't argue with you. Um, I think he has, uh, like, he has a he has a chance to be a RB1 from day one. You know, like, that, he, that is his upside. And I don't, you know, a lot of these guys, I don't see him being a complete bust. I mean, if Damian Williams continues to work his way in there, he might be more of that RB2. But... I he has I feel like his floor is ex- re, like extremely safe with how much re, like his receiving totals are going to be. Yeah, I personally I think this is going to be a situation where I don't think they're going to make Damian Williams invisible right off the start. I think he's still going to be a focal point, not a focal point, but well, maybe a focal point. He's going to be a factor. I mean, it was funny I think he's going to get 10, 12 touches a game probably. He was kind of invisible for part of the season. Like, you know, LeSean McCoy came in and they're just dominated touches. And then went away again. So I'm now, hoping it's not that frustrating. As I think this probably spells poor, you know, poor things for Darwin Thompson at this point. Darwin yeah. Thompson, you can pretty much bye bye, see you later, buddy. Um, it was fun while it lasted. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. So Clyde Edwards Slayer goes 32 overall to the Chiefs, and then boom, 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 big run on running backs. 35 to 55. We had four go. We had. Um, the first one was DeAndre Swift at 35 to the Lions, and then Jonathan Taylor to the Colts at 41, Jake or Cam Akers to the Rams at 52, and J.K. Dobbins to the Ravens at 55, Pat. Um, let's talk about DeAndre Swift, 35 to the Lions. Dun, 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 carry on, Johnson. <laughs> yeah, I think this kind of shows you that they don't want to or they don't see um carry on as a you know a every down back type of guy they might be like you know what he's been getting injured we need to limit his touches which you know this could be this could turn into a full-blown committee um so while i still like swift's talent he definitely has fallen to the back of my my running back rankings um if deandre swift turns out to be the back that we think he is is this the best running back committee in the nfl yeah, I mean, if they both turn out to what we what we think right. they could be, they could. This could easily be just like a just a are ridiculous one two duo. Now the thing is, is are they kind of the same guy? Right, but can they both be RB twos in in PPR leagues? Maybe low mid to low end. It's just going to depend on the week for each guy. I think um, it, it's going to be it's a, it's a it's a situation to monitor. And I think. This is going to be one of the one of the big arguments going into the fantasy season is, hey, who do you want to take? Do you want to take carry on? Do you want to take do you want to wait and take Swift? You know, they could go back and forth. This could be a very frustrating situation this upcoming year in fantasy football. That doesn't make me any less excited to take DeAndre Swift because I still think he still think he's a very talented player. Okay, well, that wasn't ideal, but the other guys, I think, were very ideal. Very um, ideal. You know, J.K. Dobbins again to the Ravens, Taylor to the Colts, Akers to the Rams. I love all three of these picks. I love them all. Um, they, look, every single one of them matches these guys to a T. Like, legitimately, I think that maybe these they each one of them each one of these backs besides swift fell into one like one of the top three places they could have landed like to fit their style like jonathan taylor i think is perfect for the colts offense you know that kind of 
mauling offensive line that is just going to just going to make holes. He can easily read them and just use his speed to, to burst through. And, you know, he's not a guy that I think is going to, you know, we, we didn't think he was a guy that's going to make a lot of, you know, he doesn't break tackles as much as you want to, you know, I think he's a very smart runner, but is he that physical? I think this kind of lets him maximize his potential. Same thing with Hilaire. Same thing with Dobbins. You know, Dobbins, uh, I think, is going to be very effective in that Baltimore offense. And, you know, even with Cam Akers, they run the kind of offense that that um, that gap scheme that I think is going to be very, very helpful for Cam while he tries to learn a little bit more zone scheme offense, you know. So I think they all landed in great spots. And any of these guys could be your 1-1, you know, if with an argument. So you are going to have, we've talked about this numerous times on the podcast, you have the uh, first and third overall picks in a super flex 10-man dynasty. You're probably going to take more than likely Joe Burrow at number one. And then the number two guy in our league um, is probably also looking at a quarterback. We're thinking he's going to go Tua by the sounds of it. So at number three, Pat, not to put you on the spot right now, (laughs) put a gun to your head, but you're going to have a tough decision at number three. Yeah, it's. I mean, I go back and forth between all these guys, honestly. Like, though, I besides mean, besides Swift, obviously, besides Swift, besides Swift. Um, I mean, even Cam Akers pops into my head every once in a while. Is that he top spot? I I want to like that. Cam Akers a lot, but you know, there's no there's. Why should we believe that the Rams' problems have been fixed this year, even just by getting rid of Todd Gurley? That line was not good, and they. I don't know how much they did to address it. You know, they need to really find themselves as an offense. And after losing Cooks, after losing Todd Gurley, is that offense going to be elite still? It definitely could be. I'm not going to. Dis- I'm not going to discount them, but they need to make a lot of changes. So that to me makes kind of sets them down, like Cam Makers down a tier. Yeah, 2019 was not a uh, a kind year for the Rams, not not the hopes that they had after that Super Bowl run in 2018. So we'll see how they re- rebound as a team. But I love Akers. <laughs> I know at 1-7, we talked about this, another guy that I, I'm going to be looking at probably pretty heavily at number 7, um, probably looking at a running back, you know, just given my team. But I would be very happy with any of these guys. Now, DeAndre Swift at number 7, not a guy that, you know, given where he went, I'm not going to be taking DeAndre Swift at number seven. I can tell you that much. Um, you know, any of those other guys I, w- I would rather have there. He's probably the fifth running back on my board at this point. What about our next guy that came off the list? Keyshawn um, Vaughn. I was just looking at his name, but I would still rather have DeAndre Swift for okay. right now. Okay. I just, I don't know. I, I don't know. I Maybe that's foolish. And I'm just overlooking Keyshawn Vaughn because I don't. He's, I don't uh, think it's foolish. I could see the argument. I could definitely see the argument saying that I'd rather take Keyshawn Vaughn because he is. I, I because people will see him as more likely to get that workload. You know, um, I mean, Ronald Jones is still there. That's the thing. Um, so I don't. I don't think we want to discount him. I think um, Vaughn is a much better receiver than Ronald Jones is. He's always had trouble with that as well as Ronald Jones has had time, had trouble with his kind of vision at times. And I think that's another thing that we saw Keyshawn Vaughn be very effective at. So, um, Vaughn certainly has a lot of upside and, you know, could he be the best running back in the class? Probably not, but could he get to top three? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to pump the brakes on that just a little bit. Maybe, maybe, um, 
I just think there's too much talent at the top with I don't think it's likely, but I'm saying I yeah. you know, it's within the realm of possibility. Uh yeah, so I mean for me right now, yeah, he's sixth and you know, just looking at it, um I know when we talk about the second round guys, I know AJ Dillon went 62 overall to the Packers. I'm still having a little bit of trouble figuring out that pick for them. I know Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams are in the last year of their rookie deals. Um, maybe this says that they're just not going to resign those guys. I don't know. I the, the the short amount of film study that I did on A.J. Dillon, I didn't like him. We're going to have to go back and do a much deeper pass on him. But for now, uh, I don't want to speak too much on A.J. Dillon because we didn't do a ton of, of, of research. I'll be honest, I didn't think he was going to go nearly this high. I thought he was more of a fourth or fifth round pick. Um, but hey, he's in the second round and he's going to Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers and who knows how that one's going to turn out, but that could be very, very interesting. So we'll need to talk about that more down the line. Uh, all right, Pat, let's move on to maybe the next kind of tier of guys really, really liked what we, what we, uh, the discussion we had there about those top guys though, really just so interesting. (laughs) I mean, at the top and some of those landing spots of how sweet they were. Now, Keyshawn Vaughn, we just talked about him a little bit to the box. I don't think this could have went any better for him going in the third round, 76th overall. That's about as high as I could have seen him going in this draft, the third yeah. round. And the landing spot, I think, is a good one because the Bucks kind of fill a need at running back where they seem to have every other position on their offense filled out at this point, um, at least for the short term, at least for the next probably two seasons. So Zach Moss goes uh, 86 to the Bills. What do you think this says about the Buffalo backfield now? I think this says that while Buffalo might still like Singletary, they don't see him as that workhorse, every single down back kind of guy. They see him as more of a committee back, which hurts me a little bit because I know me and you were both very high on Devin Singletary. But um, I think this shows you that they value what Zach Moss can bring that uh, to that offense. And I could see this being, you know, a 60-40 split. You know, in term uh, in terms of Singletary getting sixty percent, Moss getting forty because he's he's a very effective back. He can work out of the, you know, he can catch passes decently well. Um, more of a screen kind of guy, but um, you know they can use him in in every sort of fashion. So this could be a back and forth kind of situation. You know, situation where they're using one guy then the other. Yeah, um, you know, Zach Moss was a bit polarizing for me in that. You know, there were things I really liked about him at Utah, and there were things that I didn't like. So him going in the third round of the Bills, a team that likes to run the ball with, uh, you know, that offense, and a team that, that look, I mean, they're on the up. They're yeah. on the up, and they, they could be contending for an AFC East title. They should be. They, they should be the favorite, I would think. Yeah, I mean, I keep thinking about this in terms of Devin Singletary, but you think about it in terms of where Moss went. I mean, they've got a good offensive line. They've got an effective quarterback who has shown promise and potentially could continue to build on what he's he's done, um, as well as a team that'll probably score points. You know, they got Diggs, they got John Brown, they just picked up. Who did they draft as a receiver? Uh, I can tell um, Gabriel you, Davis. Gabriel Davis. So they got another guy there. Um, so I mean, this this offense could could move the ball well, and and Zach Moss could very well be their goal line back. I think that would that's where you're going to maximize his ability and kind of where Devin Singletary probably isn't as effective. Zach Moss could be that bruiser, that third down back, that goal line back where you're going to – he could score a lot of touchdowns. Who knows? Okay, Zach Moss. Let's do a little and or spice this up a bit. Zach Moss or Anthony McFarlane who went fourth round 124 to the Steelers? Zach Moss. 
How about Moss or Darrington Evans, who was also a third rounder? I think one of the more, if not the most surprising pick to this point, uh, 93rd overall to the Titans. Zach Moss. Okay. Um, I think we need to, well, we need to look at Darrington Evans. That's the big thing. No doubt, no doubt. But, I mean, again, I think Darrington Evans is more of your Deion Lewis type. Not exactly Deion Lewis, but, you know, that style back. And they didn't use Deion Lewis very well, so. Josh, I think I know what you're going to say here, but Zach Moss or Josh Kelly who went fourth round to the Chargers? Zach Moss, but I think Josh Kelly is an interesting guy that we're going to need to look at. Okay. Um, Let's move down to the fourth round. So, again, the two third-round running backs were Darrington Evans to the Titans at 93 and Zach Moss to the uh, Bills at 86. Sorry, there were three. There was uh, Keyshawn Vaughn to the Bucks at 76. And then we move on to the fourth round. Two of the guys that we scouted pretty heavily, Pat, um, LaMichael P. Ryan to the Jets at 120. Who knows what's going to happen with Le'Veon Bell? Um, I know he's still under contract, but I I know they're not excited about paying him the kind of money that they paid him for, really, the production that he gave last year. And then DJ Dallas to the Seahawks, a team that is notoriously um, a run-heavy team. He goes to Seattle at 144. What were your thoughts on those two picks? I mean, I think right off the bat, I really like DJ Dallas's landing spot. I don't think Chris Carson or Rashad Penny are sure things. You know, they both ended the year injured. Um, I think, uh, I think um, Rashad Penny could be out pretty for a while. You know, I think he my, his injury might run towards training camp. Yeah, what did he? What was up? I with thought him? he he had like an ACL injury. Um, where I think. Uh, I think um, Carson will be Chris back. Carson. I think Carson will be back. But, I mean, DJ Dallas could beat them both out. If you told me he was their starting running back week 16, again, maybe a little surprised. But, you know, we've seen – this is what Seattle has done. They've just kind of gone through these decently talented backs and kept cycle. they cycle through them, they cycle through them, they cycle through them. You know, that's what they their kind of their MO has been over the past couple of years, moving – getting a good back and moving on quickly. So – who knows? DJ Dallas might be that next guy in line. So it sounds like you'd rather have Dallas over P. Ryan if you're picking today. If you're just barely, okay. I mean, they're they're right next to each other in my rankings. I think the more I think about P. Ryan, it's interesting just because uh, how what you said with Le'Veon, them not being too thrilled with him being there. Gase, you know, wanting to just siphon all the life force out of him and then get him out of the, get him out of there. Um, so. I could see P. Ryan being a guy you're going to be really excited you have on your team next year when they get rid of Le'Veon. Um, so where are we looking at these guys just in a, you know, n- not considering anything else, team structures, anything like that? Are these fifth-round running backs in our dynasty format? Fourth or fifth, yeah. Fourth, fifth I mean, round. in our format, it pushes a couple of them back just because we have a lot of veterans that will I think will start to go in that area. Um, but yeah, they're going to be your, your, you know, bottom of the bench type of guys. Maybe not Zach Moss, but, um, your P Ryan, your, your DJ Dallas, your Darrington Evans, um, your Anthony McFarland, uh, those guys. So Quintez Cephas, um, Antonio Gandy, Golden, Tyler Johnson, just, Apples yeah, to apples, all, or, yeah, or, or you all kind those, of, yeah, they're all in that same yeah. area? Okay. All right, got it. Um, 
All right, let's look. So we talked about Josh Kelly to the Chargers already. We need to take a, a little bit closer look at him at UCLA. Jason Huntley. I don't know a lot about Jason Huntley at this point, actually. Um, goes to the Lions in the fifth round, too. So they add another running back. That's another guy we're going to have to take a look at in the fifth round. So the, the Lions adding quite a bit in that backfield. Um, not a whole lot else to talk about here in the late rounds. Eno Benjamin, though, was was the other one who goes to the Cardinals. I know you liked him a, a good bit. Um, in the he goes in the seventh round, two twenty two overall to the to uh, the Cardinals. Um, so he stays home. He stays in in the Phoenix Glendale area there, and is going to be playing um, for the Cardinals. Are you taking a stab at at, at Eno Benjamin in the sixth round, fifth yeah, sixth round? Maybe I think he's worth it. I mean, there's not. I mean, you have uh, what's his name? You have there. There's another running back there that we kind of thought about last year as well. Um, you who, know, who, who's that for? They, I mean, they still have Kenyon Drake, but uh, they have uh, their, their second, their other backup running back that they have. Um, oh um, yeah. Sorry. We're, we're blanking on. Yeah. Yeah. Late night. But um, anyway, I think he, he has, he has a shot. I mean, there's not that much competition there. I think he has Chase a shot. Edmonds. Yep. Um, yeah. Chase Edmonds. Yeah. He, he has a shot. I mean, I'm not all of that excited about it. He's a seventh round pick. These guys are a dime a dozen, but guy worth taking a stab at late. Okay. Um, you taking him? Are you taking a chance at Eno Benjamin over any of those other guys like P. Ryan Dallas at no. this point, based no. on where they're taken? All right. Cool. All right. Well, I think that just about does it. Then um, I already started talking about the quarterbacks. So if you haven't listened already, I released my um, uh, the first three quarterbacks taken. That was uh, Joe Burrow, Tua Tagovailoa, and. Uh, um, Justin Herbert, uh, that podcast, uh, yesterday. Um, so, uh, take a listen to that and then I'll have another one for you talking about Jordan Love, Jalen Hurts and Jacob Eason. So I'll talk about more about those in that one, but this was a good chance for us to kind of sit down and talk through all the wide receivers and running backs taken. Um, I think this was really, really good in terms of, uh, you know, just again, talking about the landing spots and where, how these guys value shakes up after the draft. All right, well, I think that just about does it then for uh, for Pat the Stats. For Pat Cotter, I'm 